Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate and bite-sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. To access previous episodes and useful strata tips, go to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Today I have a very special guest for you. I am absolutely honoured to welcome Veronica Morgan, the founder and principal of Good Deeds Property Buyers. Veronica is also the co-host of the popular television series Location, Location, Location Australia with Bryce Holdaway and also Relocation, Relocation Australia on Foxtel's The Lifestyle Channel. Veronica is passionate about residential real estate and prior to jumping the fence and becoming a buyer's agent, she was an acclaimed sales agent in a leading independent agency in Sydney's inner west. Since forming Good Deeds Property Buyers in 2009, Veronica has become a credible source of opinion on Sydney's property market. Amongst other things, she is a regular guest on Sky News Real Estate. She's presented at Grand Designs Live Australia for four years running, judged the 2014 and 2015 REI New South Wales Awards, was a keynote speaker at the REI New South Wales Women in Real Estate Conference in 2012, and is the Vice President of REBA. Veronica also has written numerous articles, including cover stories for the Sydney Morning Herald's Domain Supplement and contributions to Australian Property Investor and Smart Investment magazines. Today, I am absolutely delighted to welcome Veronica Morgan. Welcome, Veronica. Well, thank you, Amanda. (laughs) Such a privilege for us to have you on the show and for our listeners to hear about what it is that you do. And we're going to have a bit of a conversation about what you do and how it's specific to Strata. Let's start with a general question. Can you explain the role of a buyer's agent? I certainly can. (laughs) So a buyer's agent is a real estate agent who represents the interests of buyers rather than sellers in the whole transaction. Mm -hmm. So we are here to level the playing field. And I think what people don't recognise is that they are very unfairly matched in a negotiation. Yes. When they're dealing with a selling agent, the vendor is represented and they are not. The buyer is not generally. But it's not just the negotiation. It's actually the selection of property. And a good buyer's agent will really get into the nitty gritty of what you're looking for in the first place to make sure that you actually buy the right property. Mm. I think that's so interesting. You say the parties being unfairly matched. And when I have my lawyer's hat on and my lawyer's brain thinking about that, it's incredibly important that people have access to experts to help restore that balance. And I think it's great that you guys are out there advocating for what is, I agree, the weaker party in these kinds of very important transactions. Particularly in the market as it has been in Sydney and in Melbourne for the last Mm. four years where you've had this ridiculous growth and enormous competition and that fear of missing out that leads buyers to often make really rash and really crazy decisions So having a buyer's agent on your side under those circumstances can really help you, I guess, take a step back and make a more informed decision. Yes, that was actually going to be my next question for you. Why do you think it's a good idea for purchasers of properties and maybe strata properties in particular to have a buyer's agent? So you've just said there, Veronica, so that we don't make these rash decisions, jumping in with our emotions, I suppose. What are some other reasons why it's great to have a buyer's agent by your side? Well, it's interesting that most buyers don't know what they don't know. Mm. And 
Obviously, when you get legal representation when you're buying, then there is a certain amount of insight or, or perspective that a lawyer can give. Yep. And that's assuming that you're using a property accredited lawyer, somebody mm. who actually does a lot of property work or conveyancing in particular, obviously, but, you know, has an understanding of strata as well. The amount of people that buy property and use their local lawyer and just think that they're going to get good advice specific to the property they're buying... Mm. They just don't realise that they are not getting good quality advice necessarily. So because people don't know what they don't know, they're just unaware of the risks. And I think two Australians seem to have this abiding faith in property <laughs> and that you can't go wrong. <laughs> and yet you can. And with strata, there's a whole extra layer of complexity yep. in which you can go even wronger, if that's even a word. <laughs> yes, it's so true. And I've had a few guests on the podcast uh, recently talking about just that, what can go wrong at the point of sale or point of purchase, if you like, when it comes to strata properties. And we've spoken offline about this, the more education, the better when it comes to people entering this space. So I guess that's a great space for a buyer's agent to be as well, because you guys no doubt are involved in these kinds of transactions specific to Strata, much more so than the first homeowner, the first home buyer is jumping in for the first time. And you know, those pitfalls and no doubt you can guide your clients in the workings of this, what can be a complex area. Yeah, very complex. I mean, I think there's four main ways in which we help a client. I yep. mean, the first one is for searching for the right property. That's just a starting point. Mm. And then when you find it, though, or how do you find it? How do you select it? And so when you're looking at strata in particular, you've got to choose the building for starters or yep. the complex. Yep. But then you've got to choose the property within that complex or building, because even if you've got a great complex, there'll be properties within that or apartments or townhouses within that complex that aren't that great. Mm. They might have a poor aspect or they might be right above the garbage bays or, or for whatever reason, that's not your ideal property in that complex. So it, it's navigating through all of that as well. Mm. But then the next thing is evaluating those properties. And so it really is saying, well, is that a good or a bad or an indifferent type property? What is it worth? How does that sit in terms of the rest of the market? What should you be paying for that property? What's too much to pay for it? What's not enough? Mm. You know, if you don't go in prepared to pay a certain amount of money, oftentimes you're not going to buy. You, you're going to continue looking and you're going to get picked at the post all the time. But then there's the due diligence side of that evaluation, which and part of that is obviously understanding the, the mechanics of the owner's corporation and, and how the strata is run. And then finally, the negotiation. So actually getting to the point of dealing, handling that negotiation with the agent, whether it be a private treaty or a, an auction. Mm. Excellent summary. Thank you so much for that, Veronica. Have you got any examples of, I suppose, real life examples where you've walked through with a purchaser those four steps that you can share with us how exactly that's worked in practice? Oh, look, absolutely. You know, in terms of the four steps, I guess, the very first thing we do with a client is what we call very imaginatively named a getting started session. And that is where we actually get a client to fill in briefs. And if there's more than one client involved, such as a couple, we get them to fill them out separately. Right. That's interesting. <laughs> yes. There's a lot, a lot of psychology involved in searching for property for people. Yes. And what I often find is that there are people that should be buying strata or should really consider buying strata that aren't considering it because mm. they've got preconceptions about buying in a strata complex and whether that is simple as 
they think oh, I don't want to pay levies. You know, that's a cost I don't want to be bearing every month, every quarter. Or whether they think oh, I don't want to be dealing with neighbours or however it be what their preconceptions are. There are a lot of preconceptions against strata amongst buyers. And particularly investors think that strata properties aren't going to perform as well over time as houses, for instance. And that's something that we need to disabuse them of in certain locations and with certain budgets. So, There's a lot of understanding the real drivers behind what they actually need Mm. and whether they have fully understood what their options are prior to actually commencing the search. So we will explore that before we start Mm. paying the payment, looking at property. Excellent. So that's the first bit. The second bit is the property selection, which is, as I mentioned before, when it comes to strata, a lot of people, they don't realise the the difference in a well-managed building versus one that is not necessarily so well-managed and one that is poorly managed. Mm. And... You know, there are certain obvious signs. Certainly, you can pick that up when you're outside a building for starters, but um, there's certain obvious signs, but there are a lot of not so obvious signs as well. And there are some subtle things, such as with some complexes, for instance, over time, they develop a personality or a community of their own. Mm. And so there are some complexes where buyers love you know people like to upgrade within the complex you know tenants love tenants will move from one apartment to another within the complex now that is something that's really hard to predict so if you're buying off the plan for instance how on earth are you ever going to know whether it's going to turn into one of those complexes or not and so we love history Mm. you know we love to look at the history of a building or a complex and so we look for those sorts of things, for instance, as well as how healthy the, the funds are and, and how well managed the, the building is per se. Mm. And then within that, so you find a good building or a complex and as a sort of help people select the right apartment or the right townhouse within that. Evaluating the properties, well, that's a massive, massive job. You know, yep. once we identify a property that a client wants, we might uncover something in that evaluation process that will turn around and say, you know what, we're now not recommending you go for it. Mm. And it might be something we uncover in the strata report. It might be something to do with massive disharmony in mm. the executive committee. It might be the fact that they have never invested in the building. They've got zero in the sinking fund and, and they've they've got a massive rift that needs to be replaced or or that we can see evidence of, of windows that don't comply for argument's sake and we can see that there's been no mention in any of the minutes. They've got no, seemingly no awareness of the fact that they've, they're going to have a lot of compliance issues coming up. Mm. The fire safety is a really good one on that yeah. one. So what we're looking for are reasons why you should not buy the property. And just on that point, once you've relayed those reasons to your clients, what do you find? Do you find that generally they've invested in your advice so they follow it or do they say, oh, but I love it anyway? There's the odd person that will say, I love it anyway. <laughs> and we ha- we have a motto, it's eyes wide open. Yes. <laughs> so we don't play God, but we'll do our best yeah. to make sure that the client is fully aware of all those risks and the potential ramifications in terms of cost to them going yes, forward. So yes. we'll look at the, the unit entitlement, for instance, to say, well, look, let's say for argument's sake they need to raise $200,000 in special levies. You know, this is what it's going to cost you. Mm. That's if. We don't know that because they haven't, you know, for instance, they may never have had anything costed. It yeah. could be 500000 you yeah. know. That's right. So we'll, we'll talk through that. Yeah, we have a we have a motto in my office too, and it goes: "We advise, you decide." So a, a little bit similar to you, I think. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I interrupted you. I think uh, you might have been moving on to that fourth stage. Yes, the negotiation. Well, that's mm. another minefield. <laughs> when when you're dealing with selling agents, of course, 
you know, I, I love I love agents. I mean, I, I am a real estate agent. I was a selling agent. So I absolutely 100% get what they are meant to do. I get what they're trying to achieve. I also get how they're paid. And it's very different to how we're paid. We're paid fee for service. So we're paid for our advice mm. in much the same way I imagine you are. Mm. A selling agent is only paid if and when it sells. And yep. so their job is to sell it. Their job is not to make sure that the client or the buyer is buying the right property. They're not. Their job is not to make sure the buyer is paying the right price. Mm. And and I do love it when I hear selling agents say things to buyers. They say, "Oh, this is a great investment." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, you know what? By what means have you arrived at that conclusion? And how are you actually qualified to make that call? Mm. And yet." Selling agents say it all the time. So, I mean, that's just one example of the type of information that comes from a selling agent that a buyer might rely on, whether that's conscious or unconscious. Mm. And so when you're entering the negotiations with agents, you know, we've got to um, be very mindful of the type of agent that we're dealing with. We've actually got a matrix of eight different styles of um, agents and they've all got different motivations and different ways to be negotiated with. How interesting. It is. It's fascinating. I mean, it's our lay psychological uh, approach there, but it plays out. And when we put in place a purchasing strategy, as we do for every property that we go for, we take into consideration the type of agent that we're dealing with. Oh, excellent. And that's critical. Yeah. So, and even when you go into auction, a lot of people say, oh, well, when you go to auction, you just got to pay whatever. Hmm. And that is actually not true. You need to be able to know when to walk away from a property when it is not a good idea and you need to know when to push yourself. And so that's the sort of guidance that we'll give our clients prior to commencing the negotiation. Mm. So going through that whole thing, there are times when we will go to auction or we will commence negotiations and we will walk away from a property. Mm. And there are times when we go and buy it. And, you know, our client's got to be very satisfied that they're making the right choice and they've got to be confident with their decision along the way. Mm. And so that's what we seek to do. Yep. Great advice. Well, we've talked a little bit about problems, Veronica. Did you want to cover off any more particular problems that strata buyers face and what do you do to help overcome those problems? I think one of the biggest problems, apart from the, the preconceptions that a lot of people have about levies and about living in close proximity to other people, and I guess I'll just sort of head those off straight up. But first yep. of all, with regards to levies, you know, when I sort of say to people, it's actually budgeting for expenditure such as maintenance and and insurance, for instance, that if you own a house, you should be spending money maintaining and insuring your property. It's just that you have the discretion as to when you, you know, you make those expenditures other than insurance, I guess. (laughs) With Strata, what that is is budgeting those expenditures Mm -hmm. and investing in that building along the way. So once we sort of point that out, clients think, oh, okay, I sort of get it. It's not just an added cost. Mm. It's a cost you really should be paying anyway when you own a property. So that said, there obviously are some stratas that are ridiculously expensive and, and there are reasons for that and whether that is justifiable or not is based on the individual circumstances. So that's the first thing that we talk about with clients. Another one is, oh, I don't want a ground floor apartment. And I'm like, okay, that's fair, but you'd buy a house, right? Mm. And that's on the ground floor. (laughs) And so what's your issue with a ground floor apartment? And if it offers you a lot more outdoor space that you would not get if you were in a higher level, is that worthwhile? Given that if you lived in a house, you'd have the same type of security issues potentially. Mm. Mm. So it's just about sort of putting a spotlight on some preconceptions. So that's one area. The next thing that is a big hurdle for buyers when it comes to strata is not understanding how to read a strata report or how to or what to look for 
Mm. And and I have to say in my business, like I have gone through the process of trying to work out even how I can train myself or where I can learn that myself. Mm. This has been through trial and error in our business that we've built up sort of a, a template and a, and a procedure over time of reading reports and being able to, to get some level of context. And so you can read one and sort of gauge how it sits in the general, you know, the mm. general scheme of things. Yep. And that's really difficult because a lot of uh, solicitors, for instance, will look at a strata report and they're pretty much, some will actually say, no, well, I don't, I don't advise on those. Mm, interesting. And, and some, some will, I've had that happen quite a lot. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, that's out of my area. I don't advise. And other, other ones will look at the, the sinking fund balance, for instance, and say, oh, well, that's healthy. That's pretty good. And that's pretty much the extent of the advice. Mm. So, you know, I think that's really scary because there is so much information that's in there and often not in there and yes. knowing what to look for and what to be scared of if it's not there it's really daunting and most guys have got no idea what they're doing mm. yes we've had um nicole johnston from deakin university on the podcast before speaking on exactly that point what advice purchasers are getting from their lawyers or their conveyances when they're buying in and she strongly recommends that purchasers get the advice of an experienced strata lawyer not just a, a property lawyer or a conveyancer but a mm. strata a lawyer because of those unique issues that surround strata. How do I read a report? How do I read a strata plan to make sure that what the agent is telling me I'm getting, I'm actually getting? Yes, that's a really good one. In mm. fact, that was an episode of the show where I came across a really good example of that. Yeah. And we were actually up in Byron Bay helping Farmer Dave buy a villa. <laughs> yep. And so there was a particular property and the, the agent gave us a brochure and the brochure very clearly showed that there was an area that was included in the sale, which is an external area. Mm. It had a deck, it had a garden and it had a, a wall and a fence. And that was on the brochure. Now, the contract went off to the solicitor. Now, if I didn't look at that contract and notice that that outdoor space was not included in their lot, mm. I wouldn't have thought to have a look in the bylaws to see, well, do they have exclusive use rights for that outdoor space? Yep. And then I discovered they had out exclusive use rights for half of it. Ah. So they had it for the deck but not the garden and yeah. not the wall and the fence. Yeah. So the, the lawyer, however, had said to Farmer Dave, Oh, you got some outdoor space, and Farmer Day said, "Yeah." <laughs> so there was this. The lawyer at no point said, "Show me the document. Show me. Show me the uh, the agent's uh, brochure. Show me the floor plan. Show me. You know, is this exactly as you understand?" And and it's an easy mistake, and I can imagine it happens a lot. Yeah. Where, pardon the pun. It, it happens happens very often where what you buy, what you think you're buying, or what you actually are buying, are two very different things. So I then brought it to the attention of the solicitor. The solicitor then, you know, went to the vendor solicitor. It turns out the vendor had purchased the property under exactly the same conditions. Yes. So she purchased it thinking she got that whole area on on uh, under exclusive use rights, but no. She didn't. So her lawyer had not picked it up. And this can go on for a number of transactions. So, I mean, that's one very good example about there's a mismatch between what a strata lawyer would pick up versus what somebody else would pick up. Yeah, absolutely. We probably have some listeners, Veronica, who have tuned in because they've seen that you're a buyer's agent. They've thought, often thought about getting a buyer's agent. It would be really nice to have that guiding hand there. If we have some listeners who are thinking about a buyer's agent for their next property, whether it's strata or not, what would you suggest are their first steps that they take? What's a, a quick win in getting on this bandwagon, if you like? 
Well, obviously, if you're buying within 10 kilometer radius of Sydney CBD, you should contact me at <laughs> gooddeeds.com.au. That's the first one. The second one, the um, the reason that I joined REBA, which is the Real Estate Buyers Agents Association of Australia, very long, almost, it's actually longer than the name of the show. <laughs> the reason I joined REBA, and now I'm obviously the vice president, was because I could see that as we were raising the profile of buyers agents and raising the awareness amongst consumers of the idea of getting advice, getting their own somebody on their side, unfortunately, not all buyers agents are equal. Mm. And it is a great stress to me that there's a very low barrier to entry in my profession. So the reason I joined Reba was because I, I believe that we need to raise the bar, we need to raise qualifications, we need to raise experience, and we need to raise the quality of advice given to consumers. So, so the very first step is to get onto the Reba website, which is rebaa.com.au, yep. to make sure that whoever you are considering is actually a Reba member. That's your first port of call. Great. Beyond that, if you jump onto my website, I do have a couple of um, questionnaires. And so you can use that to interview potential buyers agents Great. and also interview their clients because you really do want to make sure that whoever you deal with, you've got to be able to trust them. Mm. They've got to be an exclusive buyers agent. So they are not getting any kickbacks at all from any developers, agents whatsoever. Mm. They're exclusive and they're working for you 100%. So once you, you know, you can reference check them basically and that's mm. what I would wholeheartedly encourage anybody who's considering using a buyer's agent to do. And so there's there's a list of questions there that you can use. So I'll give Great. you the links to those. Yeah, I'll make sure that's in the show notes. That's a, um, a really good tip there, going to former clients of the buyer's agent and making sure that they've been happy with the service. Absolutely. Good one. Okay, fabulous. That's um, That definitely gives our listeners a nice clear path, a first few steps to take on their way to engaging a buyer's agent. Veronica, what books have had the greatest impact on you and why? You know what? I've been um, listening to your podcast and thinking <laughs> to myself, what am I going to say when I'm asked this question? And ultimately decided that I was going to talk about a book that really has left a massive impact on me. And that is called Eugenia by Mark Tedeschi. Tedeschi? Oh, yeah. He's an SC yes. and he has written this book about Eugenia Fellini. Now, she is, he calls it, I think, the, the greatest travesty uh, or miscarriage of justice mm. in Australian history, I think he calls it. Eugenia was uh, born a woman in Italy uh, via New Zealand, came to Australia, I think, at the age of 18 or 20. And he believed he was born in the wrong body. Mm. And it cut a long story short, he lived as a man named Harry Crawford for many, many years and even married two women. Mm. And the first wife, however, died after under very, very suspicious conditions. And he was, he had been uh, charged with her murder mm-hmm. and did suffer. So, sorry, he did serve time. Mm-hmm. And it's a really interesting book. But what really got me about it was the fact that the loneliness mm. and the lack of connection, the, the the way that he he felt so strongly that he was a he, mm. that he lived his life in such a way, but it, he was so isolated. Yeah. And I just thought it was a tragic, tragic story, but, but fascinating at the same time. So yeah. that's just left a massive imprint on me. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. We'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes as well. It's interesting how many lawyers turn to writing or they retire and then indulge their dream to produce a book. And I I always find it interesting to read 
what fellow practitioners are writing, whether it's comedies or biographies, or we seem to just have a way of um, expressing ourselves. I think the forensic way in which he constructed this book yes. is really interesting yes. as well. And, you know, it's funny, there's a bit of a theme here, I guess. So I don't know if you've ever read Helen Garner's books, you know, The First Stone and, and Joe Chinquist Consolation mm. and um, what's the other one, oh, the terrible one about that father that drowned his, his three kids in um, yeah. in Victoria. Yeah. And, you know, I avoided for a while reading that book. Mm. I just didn't think I could cope with it. But she's quite incredible in the way she writes about these very challenging um, and ethical dilemmas in there as well and and they really challenge the reader in terms of their preconceptions and prejudices. I find that sort of book quite fascinating. Yeah, excellent. Thank you very much for sharing that. Now, Veronica, how do our listeners find out more about you and is there anything you want to add before we wrap up? Well, I guess what I would say just in summary of me, I'm really passionate about helping people make really good property decisions and I am working actually on more of an advisory service at the moment too and just helping people determine whether they should stay or should go and so there is much more to this whole property thing than simply just buying or selling there's Mm. a a lot more to it so I am working on that but that's sort of a bit of a a tempter for the future I guess but um in the meantime anyone can get hold of me via my website which is good deeds with that's g-o-o-d-d-e-d-s dot com dot au and you know I'd love to help more people well. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'll make sure your details are in the show notes so our listeners can definitely find you. I'm really excited to see what you're working on there, particularly you talk about whether people should stay or go, whether you should renovate or not. I see this now, particularly at the stage of life that I'm at where people have bought properties and they're looking at, do they buy a second property? Do they renovate their home? Do you move to a different area? You're chasing school districts, things like that. So I'd be really interested to see what comes out of that. So thank you. Pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us, Veronica. I'll catch you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property. You can access all the information below this episode via the show notes at www.yourstrataproperty.com.au. You can also ask questions in the comments section, which Amanda will answer in her upcoming episodes. How can Amanda help you today?